0: Hello and welcome to this belated edition of the Red-Headed Preacher podcast, which was originally uh, in our sanctuary on July 17th, and there was a delay partly, largely, due to my being on vacation as of the 20th, and then I'd forgotten to record the sermon on the phone, and the sound quality for you is better if it's the phone and uh, sometimes we do take it from the video when we need to, but for this service we also needed to re-record the scriptures because um, well, there was there was a baby crying in the sanctuary after before being baptized, and it was um, you know our, our our editor decided that it would be best to be re-recorded. So I'm doing that, and uh, the sermon the homily is about baptism. It's called, Oh, the Baptized, Oh, the Places the Baptized Can Go. But you know that uh, from the heading. And uh, the scriptures are from uh, Colossians 1, verses 15 through 23, the prophet Amos 8, chapter 8, 1 through 12. And the gospel is Luke 10, 38 to 42. So um, I'll be doing a little bit of extra work. And that kind of fits, because I'll be Martha, and y'all can be Mary, which is the story in Luke, the Gospel story. And we'll be applying these passages to places the baptized can go as they live into the faith into which they've been baptized. So, please join me in a brief prayer in the spirit of prayer. Holy Spirit, you who move over the face of the waters... move over our face, the face of our spirits, the face of our minds, to prepare us to receive what is offered and bless what we hear, that it will build us up and encourage us as your people. In the name of Christ, amen. Our first reading is from the book of the prophet Amos, chapter 8, verses 1 through 12. God is not happy with the way Israel is treating its vulnerable, and God will not stand idly by. This is what the Lord God showed me, a basket of summer fruit. He said, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said to me, The end has come upon my people Israel. I will never again pass them by. The songs of the temple shall become wailings in that day, says the Lord God. The dead bodies shall be many, cast out in every place. Be silent. Hear this, you that trample on the needy, and bring to ruin the poor of the land, saying, When will the new moon be over, so that we may sell grain, and the Sabbath, that we may offer wheat for sale. We will make the ephah small and the shekel great and practice deceit with false balances, buying the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals and sell the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their deeds. Shall not the land tremble on this account? and every one mourn who lives in it, and all of it rise like the Nile, and be tossed about and sink again like the Nile of Egypt? On that day, says the Lord God, I will make the sun go down at noon, and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your feasts into mourning, and all your songs into lamentation. I will bring sackcloth on all loins and baldness on every head. I will make it like the mourning for an only son, and the end of it like a bitter day. The time is surely coming, says the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea, and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. This ends the reading from the prophet. Our epistle reading, like last Sunday, is from the letter to the Colossians. In fact, it picks up where it ended last week, and today is chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. The author continues to talk about Christ. Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things, in heaven and on earth, were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross." and you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel. This ends the reading from the epistle. This morning, as promised, we hear one of the famous stories of Jesus, Martha, and Mary. We will hear Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. Now as Jesus and the disciples went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Here ends the reading of the gospel and our scripture readings for this morning's worship. Thanks be to God for this, God's holy word. Many of you know my story of years ago in a clergy gathering, I made known my increasing acceptance of Beth's being able to watch a Vikings game with me, while also, for instance, shopping on her laptop. How can you split your attention like that? someone brought up the word multitasking and I exclaimed something like I could never do that split my focus like that to which Nan Concert replied of course not Richard you're a man followed by a round of laughter I was reminded of how so many women probably since humans first showed up and began having children had to learn to multitask quickly and one hopes Effectively. Later, I talked to Rich Schneider about this, who told me about the old Defending the Caveman one-man show and its basic concept of men, historically, having the opposite ability to focus on just one thing, like as a hunter. No, we men are not often good multitaskers. Where am I going with this? I am going to today's beloved gospel story first. Folks relate, especially to Martha, so much, making the story so popular that churches like ours went so far as having a stained glass window made to enshrine it. Are you a Martha or are you a Mary? Do you think Jesus disrespected Martha and all the labor she was doing without any help from her sister? After all, hospitality is a famously prized trait in the Middle East for thousands of years. How dare Mary just sit there listening and not be a good host, making Martha do all the work alone. Where is the loving your neighbor in that? Who is baptized and receives the spiritual gift of selfishness? No! Jesus seems to take Mary's side. Martha, Martha, you are worried about and distracted by many things, there is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part. I always thought that this was Jesus acknowledging that Martha has a lot of stuff on her plate trying to be a good hostess and fix dinner. But my study Bible offers a different take. In an annotation to this verse the commentators wrote, by many things which were not important enough to call for excessive attention or worry. With delicate ambiguity, Jesus rebuked Martha's choice of values. A simple meal, one dish, is sufficient for hospitality. Oh, so Martha chose to make a major production out of dinner when she did not have to. She could have fixed the one dish only one thing is needful, and sat down with her sister to listen after that. Jesus is telling his followers, including the baptized, that listening to God's word, to Christ's teaching, is the better part when you have the chance to do so. If you have to entertain in a spiritual context, keep it modest, simple, quick, so you can sit and listen, discuss, or study, too. Service and learning, two major places to get involved in the faith. As the homily title says, thinking of service and learning, oh, the places the baptized can go. For who has not been changed by helping someone out who really needs help, by being in the service of God, and who has not been built up by taking the time to sit with the Holy Spirit through worship, reading the scriptures, meditation, or Christian education. Both service and learning hold the history and the potential to be life-changing choices or places to go. One place the baptized can go in their spiritual growth and education is to having awe of Christ. Another place is forgiveness. Colossians which we heard, is full of both. People will sometimes say they really like Jesus or they admire Jesus, but they do not care for his fan club. Knowing this passage from Colossians can truly energize our awe in Christ and spark deep meditation, good places for the baptized to go. When you or I think of Jesus, How often does this transcendent aspect come to mind? He is the image of the invisible God. For in him, all things in heaven and on earth were created. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Stop and take that in in him all things hold together folks talk about the center holding or not holding but not about Christ holding all things together and then the christology in the passage gets deeper and also more human because it goes to his suffering and death for in him All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Oh, the places the baptized can go, including meditating on and drawing near to this forgiving, empathetic through his own suffering and glorious Christ who is more than 100% human, he is, according to orthodox belief, also 100% divine. The rest of the passage is worth lifting up, but not today. Another place the baptized can go, and not only the baptized, is into service more far-reaching than Martha's. Now, serving like Martha is surely a gift, accompanied by spiritual growth. Some of you know about Brother Lawrence. He was a lay brother at one of the Carmelite monasteries in France in the mid-1600s. While doing only the most menial jobs, washing, cleaning, and cooking, he continually enjoyed the, quote, presence of Jesus, unquote. His only desire in life was to commune with God. Saint Teresa of Avila once remarked, "'The Lord walks among the pots and pans.'" She and Lawrence suggest that we turn routine tasks of washing and cooking and cleaning into moments of awareness. So again, kudos to those whose baptism finds them emphasizing less glamorous forms of service. I'm thinking, though, of the words from Amos which we heard. The Lord is calling out the hypocrites within Israel whose religious observances are but something to endure, until they can resume making profit by cheating the poor, even on the Sabbath. Hear this, you that trample on the needy, and bring to ruin the poor of the land, saying, When will the new moon be over, so that we may sell grain, and the Sabbath, so that we may offer wheat for sale? We will make the ephah small, and the shekel great, and practice deceit with false balances, buying the poor for a pair of sandals, and selling the sweeping of the wheat." So maybe not on the Sabbath, but they eagerly awaited it to be over so they could get back to making money. Upon them God promises judgment, but the baptized can serve God, love the neighbor, and the least of these with whom Jesus identifies by trying to end such injustices. Using one's gifts in the areas of social and economic justice could be local, regional, national, or planetary. Some of the types of rip-offs Amos cites can involve racism, sexism, and ageism as well. Angela, Harrison, Lisa, and Gregory, our baptismal parents and sponsors, will remember the story I told you of the pre-med college students at Duke volunteering for a medical mission to the Yugoslav Wars in the 1990s. The angry father of one student was told by the chapel dean who organized that risky trip That if he did not want her, if he did not want her to let her faith, to take her to dangerous places to help others, it was a possibility he never should have had her baptized. Taking on injustice in ways large and not large, especially when that injustice is a way others line their pockets, will always meet stiff resistance. It also breeds allies across all kinds of lines, including religious lines. It bears witness, I believe, to an authentic Christianity. Serving God by working with, and on the behalf of, the vulnerable and victimized, being that good Samaritan is surely needed places the baptized can also go. And that's good news. Alleluia. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the Red-Headed Preacher. Um, I particularly, you know, enjoyed the inclusion of Amos. Um, when you listen to this prophet uh, call out these uh, merchants who basically, with these false balances, they were... Charging people more, and everything was with weights, hence the re- reference to false balances. Everything would be weighed out. And it was set up by them, in this instance, by you're, you're ending up paying a larger amount for a smaller amount of product. You're paying less, you're paying more for less because of the way they monkeyed the scales and the balances and the weights And so, you know, that wasn't just happening then. It's a form of economic uh, robbery and injustice. And God was unhappy with that. And if God is unhappy with it, uh, it seems like that's something that maybe God's people can bear witness about and perhaps bring a little bit of the reign of God to bear in ending injustices like that, which exploit people, especially those who have no voice in a lot of ways. So, uh, God bless you, and God bless your week. And God bless all those for whom you pray. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast thank you so much